Hey, everybody, and welcome to CEO Sit-Downs, where I, John Cannell, your host, have sit-down conversations with CEOs from all walks and all industries to hear their stories, pick their brains, and learn from their experience. On today's show, I am happy to welcome the husband and wife duo behind West Coast Catholic, Trey and Mari Wagner. Trey and Mari are the co-founders of West Coast Catholic, a lifestyle brand with a mission to bring others closer to God through beauty. These two were truly a blast to talk to and a great inspiration for early entrepreneurs. I certainly enjoyed our conversation, and I hope you do as well. So, without further ado, I invite you to pull up a chair and listen in to my conversation with Trey and Mari Wagner. Hello, Mari and Trey. Welcome to the show. Happy to have you. Hey, John. Hi, John. Thanks so much for having us on. Of course. I'm very excited for our discussion today. Before we get into the depths of things, I'd like for you guys to give the folks who are listening your background, how you got to where you are, anything as important that's kind of in your early years, if you will. Sure. Um, Well, I'm a Catholic content creator and creative entrepreneur at heart. And so it's very natural for us to be where we are right now, just because I feel like it's it's been in my blood. Um, so about four years ago, I started a Catholic Instagram with the hopes of evangelizing in the West Coast, where I grew up in Washington State. And um, along with that, I have a uh, entrepreneur dad who taught me to always be looking out for the next venture and kind of like working for for yourself and working to earn your own money. And so I'd been doing little random things here and there since about the age of eight. Um, Yeah. So those things combined um, kind of got us started to where we're at. Yeah. And I met Mari in college. That's where we first met. And I, I've, I've always loved entrepreneurship. I grew up with my dad being an entrepreneur and seeing him build a company right when he graduated college. And that was always a dream of mine. And um, yeah, Mari built a platform and I'm sure we'll dive into it more later, but then uh, we were able to leverage that into a business. So Trey, did you grow up on the West Coast as well? I grew up in Fort Collins, Colorado. Gotcha. And you, you said, Mari, you were from Washington originally? Yeah, I'm from the Seattle area. So uh, back to where you guys met, um, you're both going to Gonzaga, is that right? Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yep, up in Washington. And I mean, Mari, you said you started this Instagram account with the hopes of evangelizing and whatnot. Where, where along the line did it become you doing this, did Trey joining, or did it go into the business first and then Trey joined? I mean, give us that, that timeline, if you will. Yeah, sure. So it was uh, the summer after my sophomore year of college where I really felt this um, calling, you know, this inspiration to to do this on social media. And it was because I had done a focus internship in Colorado. Um, I hadn't really ever had any experience with focus before because we don't have focus missionaries up at Gonzaga. And so we just got connected with um, one of the regional directors up in Washington that we had been talking to for a little bit. And he encouraged me to apply for the internship. And I did. And that's when the the whole Catholic world was really introduced to me. I like didn't know anything about it. I mean, I knew who Father Mike Schmitz was, but that's, I think that's (laughs) about it. Um, Never heard of Seek or anybody else really. And uh, the marketing girls that I was interning with showed me um, different accounts to follow on Instagram that again, fit into this like Catholic world um, community that we have here in the States. And I noticed that most of these Catholic influencers, if you will, were all from the Midwest or the East Coast. And growing up in Washington and not going to a Catholic school ever, I experienced how weird and hard it was to like be Catholic up there. And it was, I always felt kind of like alone in it. I had a lot of Christian friends, but I really only had one or two like actual Catholic friends um, who sort of practiced. Um, So yeah, so it was really lonely doing that by myself growing up. And when I met these girls and they they showed me these other people to follow on Instagram, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is so inspiring and encouraging. And I know that I can't be the only 
um, young woman on the West Coast that's trying to live out her faith and probably feels like she's the only one within her circle of people as well. And that was kind of the the calling and the inspiration to be like, I'm going to be that voice on the West Coast, hence West Coast Catholic. Um, I know I'm not the only one out there. So that's kind of that's kind of what started the Instagram. And after about almost a year of it, um, of me starting the blog was when I approached Trey, who had uh, that same summer done, uh, what was it called? Life Teen Missions. <clears throat> Life Teen Summer Camp. Yeah, like mm-hmm. Life Teen Summer Camp, where they taught the kids how to make these cord rosaries. and it's Classic summer camp activity. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> rosaries, but it's it's all core, it's paracord, and it's all knots, no beads. And so um, I did that. That's where I first learned how to make a rosary. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to make a beautiful gift for Mari for Christmas. Right. It was Christmas or your birthday. One of those. They're really close together. <laughs> right. So back to back. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to make a beautiful gift for Mari and I knew how to make these knots. and I didn't think she'd want to have a completely knotted rosary. And so I we went together to Michael's of all places, I think. Yeah. I uh, just picked out some cord and beads. Some, some beads. And, um, and then I just built her this rosary. And um, yeah, go ahead. How did that impact your prayer? Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, my my Catholic world was expanding and I was going through another like reversion, if you will. And this beautiful rosary that Trey gave me for Christmas um, opened up a door to my prayer that I hadn't really experienced before. And it was just the fact that like beauty, beauty really drew me to prayer. And I'm, like I said, at heart, just kind of like a creative. And so art um, has always uh, been a part of my life and creating things have always been a part of my life. And so naturally I was just drawn to this really beautiful rosary that um, was aesthetically pleasing and also made beautifully and intentionally by somebody that I loved. And I just wanted to hold it like all the time. I just wanted, I would put it in my purse. I'd put it in my backpack. I'd carry it in my pocket, but I never would really pray it. And the more I had it around me, the more I just thought like I, I should really be praying the rosary. And um, that beauty is what drew me to prayer. And so I'd been praying Um, I had my Instagram and then I'd been praying the rosary more and just seeing the fruits and the graces of it in my life and how beauty drew me to it. And um, yeah, almost a year after I'd started it, I, I approached Trey at the cafeteria and I was like, you know, like this really impacted my life and my prayer life. And we have some Catholic people that I've been following along for a little bit now. Like, why don't we leverage this? Why don't we combine this? And why don't we create a little something, you know, make make some rosaries, just a few rosaries for people to pray with. And Trey was like, all right, let's do it. We we kind of got on board. And at that point we were just dating. And so we were like, how are we going to split the profits? Like those were little spats we had here and there. Like we're like, OK, I, I, we'll figure that out in the future. Like we, we had talked about engagement pretty seriously at that point. So it wasn't a huge worry, but. That's kind of how it all started at the cafeteria, this like small conversation. And at the time, I mean, we we had prepared, you know, like a hundred rosaries, maybe like maybe 75 rosaries. Yeah. And- I think that's my probably <laughs> my favorite story of the business is our initial investment was three hundred dollars about. Yeah. And we haven't had any outside capital since. Yeah. Um, and so it's just been a. Yeah, bootstrapping, not paying ourselves. And that's that's what I think I'm most proud of, um, aside from drawing people to prayer through beauty. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's how it all started. Yeah. Tell me more about that, because there's a lot of uh, folks who listen who have that entrepreneurial bent, if you will. And you guys said you started with $300 of your own money. Without bootstrapping, was there ever the temptation to say, oh, if we just dumped in, you know, a grand or 500 bucks, we could do a lot more? What was that decision making process like for you? Well, we were in college. Um, so, so we didn't we really didn't even have need. money. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't really have money, but we also didn't really need it. Uh, yeah. we, we were also very uh, well supported by our parents. We we're very fortunate in that way. So it wasn't that we needed income from this. And so we just never paid ourselves. I don't think, uh, at least the first year, I think maybe two years, the first two years we didn't pay ourselves aside from like a Christmas bonus at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think the first one was like 500 bucks. You know, it was like, like we were just, just putting all the money back in the business, which is really is what allowed us to grow. Um, and yeah, there's, we've had a lot of conversations 
all the time. You know, every couple of months we bring it up again and anytime we want, I mean, we have, we're, we have big dreams. We're entrepreneurs, yeah. we're dreamers. So we're always looking to the future. We're always trying to figure out what the, what the next big product is. And that always, you know, comes with at a cost. And, mm-hmm. and as we are really these past probably six months, um, trying to like really make a stamp in, in the Catholic business world and just the business world, like we've had much more serious conversations about that. Um, because yeah, it takes money to grow and it takes money to get money. And, mm-hmm. um, there's, yeah, we've, we've been experiencing some growing pains in that, but, um, yeah, we've just really tried to just pay ourselves last and, or not at all and, and keep the business going. <laughs> yeah. I think it's been an interesting journey of, of how it's grown. I think, um, like Trace, I'd be really blessed by our parents and their encouragement of us seeking out an entrepreneurial venture. And so those, you know, almost $300 were actually a loan from my dad. Cause like I said, like I was, I was super broke in college. I was always the girl who was spending her money as soon as it came in. Um, and so I didn't have anything to invest in the business and we pitched it to my dad. And like I said, he's always supported all of my entrepreneurial endeavors from selling lemonade to, you know, paintings, to pom-pom balls and name, like anything. And he was like, all right, like how much do you need for materials? You know, I'll give you a couple hundred, use what you can and and then see how it goes and, you know, pay it back when, when you, when you can. And I think a combination of that support along with, this was just the Lord's will. And we've seen it through our business. Um, when I went to Trey at the cafeteria to propose this, like I wasn't really proposing a business. I was proposing we sold a couple rosaries, you know, to impact some people's lives and to save, you know, a couple hundred bucks for when we wanted to get engaged. <laughs> and um, the Lord bless has blessed it abundantly. And that first day that we quote unquote launched, I mean, I made a website the night before at like 1 a.m. because I was like, well, shoot, like. I don't want to just collect orders via my DMs. Like maybe we should have a, a website. So I put together this makeshift website and yeah, the launch wasn't really much of a launch. Like there was no marketing strategy behind it. We just, I just got on my Instagram and I was like, Hey guys, like I made some rosaries, like, you know, website is live, like go, go order your rosary. And we didn't really put inventory in cause we didn't expect to sell out. And I mean, by the end of the, by the end of the day, I think we made our first thousand in sales and we, we were selling rosaries to materials we hadn't even received or ordered yet, which was, I mean, maybe a mistake all on its own. I don't know. People had to wait about four weeks to get their rosary, but it worked out. And um, from there, it just kind of continued to grow and snowball in the best way. And the Lord has blessed it in the best way to where, like Trey said, it wasn't our you know, main source of income for a long time. And so we were able to have it on the side and just rely on the organic growth coming from Instagram and the Lord blessing it. And the fact that these rosaries were really, really unique um, to where it just continued, it just continued to grow. And we never really had to get outside capital or anything. It just continued to sustain itself. Do you remember, Mari, how many followers you had in those um, early times when you launched your website? (laughs) Followers on Instagram. Right. Like less than 10,000. Um, I want to say you were probably around 2000 when we launched the business. Maybe. Yeah. Like maybe. it was, it was really low. I think, you know, maybe two or 3000. Mm-hmm. I know I hit 10 K like only like last summer or, Oh no, no sorry. Two, two summers, summers ago, ago, two summers it ago. Was almost a year into the business. We hit 10 K. Yeah, exactly. So I think we were, we were pretty low on the follower count. That said, you were very proactively like getting into that Catholic influencer, Catholic media group, right? Yeah. Yeah, I already started it. Yeah, I mean, the intention of the Instagram initially was to like share your heart. Um, yeah. And to just, encourage people in their faith. And then yeah. the business, like like Mari said, it, it isn't, it was never intended to be a long-term business venture. It was, it was make a few rosaries, sell them on the Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mari didn't mean the reason we're called West Coast Catholic is because we didn't want to name it. It wasn't a business. We didn't name it anything. Trey, I remember the night before Trey was like, Mari, we need to find a name for the business. No, and it, I, was, I was I was brainstorming names like all summer. That's true. And I just <laughs> I just kind of put it off. I was like, we don't need a name, Trey. Like, and the night before business. he was like, We need a name. And I was like, We're not really making a whole business. Like people aren't gonna know who we are. Like, we'll just name it after my blog because that just makes sense. And he was like, Fine, whatever. And 
you know, three years later, it's called West Coast Catholic. And I don't really know why, but it's stuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love it. I will say, I mean, I think Mark Zuckerberg started Facebook in his dorm room, Bill Gates or Apple in the uh, in the garage, but you guys starting in the cafeteria. I think that's a first. So well done. <laughs> it was a combination of the cafeteria and I worked at dorm rooms, all the dorm rooms. Um, but that summer that we started the business, I was working a second summer as a missionary at Life mm-hmm. Teen at their summer camps, working in the kitchen. And I had all the materials shipped to that summer camp. And just in my like off hours at summer camp is when I made them. And then I like went to the post office in Dahlonega, Georgia to send yep. out the rosaries. Yep. So. I love it. But we started in Washington, the cafeteria in Washington. You guys are currently in Nebraska. Explain to everyone how you got there. Yes, I think that's something that confuses people a lot because when they meet us or they walk by the little space that we have downtown, they're like, West Coast Catholic, like, what are you doing here? And it's so foreign to them. It's so foreign. <laughs> um, so now you know why it's called West Coast Catholic because I, you know, grew up in the West Coast, but uh, we were focused missionaries the past two years. And for those of you who don't know what Focus is, it's an organization that hires recent college graduates to go back out to the college campus and do ministry work and walk with college students in their faith, just leading them closer to Christ, leading Bible studies and retreats and such. And your first year as a missionary, you don't, you don't pick where you get sent. You just kind of trust in the Lord and they just, they just send you off. So Lincoln, Nebraska. So Lincoln, Nebraska is where we got sent. (laughs) Which might as well have just been the East Coast Tamari. I honestly didn't know anything about Nebraska or the Midwest. I think I have learned West Coasters to a fault are very ignorant of the Midwest because I, yeah, I got the call because at that time we were still in COVID time. So I just got a call saying like, yeah, Lincoln, Nebraska. And the only thing I knew about this campus was the Newman Center, which I was hyped about because it's an incredible, incredible Newman Center. Um, So yeah, claps to the UNL Newman Center. Um, But I didn't know. I had to look up Lincoln on a map. I mean, I didn't even know it was the capital or where where Nebraska was really. So it was was a bit of a surprise, big culture change. But yeah, we've been here ever since. We're we're still here. We just finished up our mission in May. What was your first impression of Nebraskans? That's you. I I, I grew up next to Nebraska. Um... Well, they were all very surprised by my avocado toast for breakfast. I think that was a big comment that I got a lot my first year as a missionary. People were like, wow, like you're so trendy. Like you have avocado toast for breakfast. And um, I think, yeah, they were all very intrigued by different things that I would do. And so I think I was like, you have such a good heart. Like Nebraskans had such a good heart. But I think there's so much more that they have yet to discover. (laughs) Yeah, they would try to serve Mari cinnamon rolls and chili. And and I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> a Nebraskan staple in every lunchroom across Nebraska. High schoolers have that. That was the first that, meal they gave us when we got here after that, Runza. And I was like, Runza and uh, cinnamon rolls and Casey's chili? Pizza. Casey's pizza. Yeah, those. I'm sorry, Nebraska, but I'm not really here for those. <laughs> Well, I hope we don't offend our listenership, you dissing the fine cuisine of Nebraska, but... I'm really sorry, but I mean, great people, right? Like, that's why we're here. You're in the Midwest for the people. Everybody can agree Yeah, you're here for the people. I think it was at SLS 2020 down in Phoenix. One of the hosts made the joke um, that there's always so many students from Nebraska because they have nothing else to do there but pray. So um, I've always hung on to that. Yeah, 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 that's not a bad problem to have. <laughs> One thing, though, back back to your founding. What was your plan after college? Because, I mean, West Coast Catholic took over with focus in there as well. But did you have any other dreams, any other aspirations outside of that? I got involved with focus. I mean, like Mari said, we didn't have focus on our campus at Gonzaga. But I got in touch with the regional director who lived in the same town that Gonzaga is in. And... Uh, He pseudo-discipled me as much as he could as a regional director. Um, And I kind of felt the call early on to do Focus. Uh, It took me a while to say yes to that call. I was 
I didn't, I waited till like spring senior year to actually say yes. Uh, because I don't know when the Lord calls it, oftentimes the heart is a, for me, the heart's a, takes a while to get on board, uh, but I knew I couldn't say no to God. Um, so for me, I always wanted, I always had dreams of being an entrepreneur and starting my own business, but I knew that probably wouldn't start right after college. Uh, but to be honest, I didn't really give it much thought. I figured I would just find a job like everybody else. So that was kind of the extent of my post-college. I was also a December grad. So, okay, a little backstory on me. I, uh, Mari and I got engaged my junior year, fall junior year of college. I'm a year older than him. So I knew like <laughs> beginning of the fall, beginning of junior year, I proposed to Mari. So I know that after college, I'm going to be wherever Mari is. Mari was set on doing focus. And so I just figured, you know what, that's a, that's a great path. I felt the call for a while. I'm going to join her and do focus. And so I didn't really ever have to think post-college because I, I think most college students can agree. You're not thinking graduate. After your first job. You're not, well, you're not thinking like what you're going to do when you graduate until you're like a senior or yeah. like late junior year. Uh, I was still basically, it felt like a sophomore. Like I just got there. And so <laughs> uh, I never really had to consider too much what I want to do after um, just figure out do some job in business. Yeah. And then I was majoring in um, marketing and I mean, I've always been passionate about, like I said, like creativity and business. So I thought that was a great field for me. I really love branding. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll get a job in that um, until I heard of focus. And after my first internship, I was like, okay, this sounds really intriguing. And then the next summer I went back and did an internship at their actual summer training. And I spent the whole summer at their training. And I mean, that, that was the convincing summer for sure. Where I was, I just knew that I was going to apply to be a missionary and, um, and then, yeah, I got the offer. So I was pretty sure I would do it. And at the time, I knew that the minimum commitment was two years, but I, I saw myself doing more than that. Not like a lifer, like some people, but I figured I would do at least three, probably like, wouldn't be surprised if I did four um, and then, you know, maybe do a marketing job. But after we got married and I just knew that I wanted to be a mom and have kids. So I knew eventually that my dream would just be to be a stay at home mom and probably run our business on the side. Um, but yeah, the business, the business grew, I mean, instantly a lot faster than we thought. And like we've been saying, like we, we didn't really have a moment where we like sat down and said like, okay, we're going to run a business. Like we were just always scrambling, trying to fulfill orders that we were backed up on that we didn't realize that we would get. And we launched the business in August. And then I think it really hit us, um, in April of 2020, um, during Easter, we came out with our Easter limited edition rosary that comes back every, every year, the gardener and people loved it. And we, we sold like hundreds in that day that we never thought like we could have, we could have sold. And that's when we were like, okay, there's really something here. So it took us a little bit to be like, what is really going on? Like, could we keep going? And um, since we hit COVID, uh, we were still in school and all of our classes went online, which was the greatest blessing, the, best. the greatest blessing. Cause I was already spending all my time in class, like on my computer, trying to figure out stuff for the business. So it was great. I could do my, you know, three hours of online class in the morning and spend the rest, you know, rest of the day, the rest of the five hours on the business. So that really helped us um, yeah, kind of like dive in, really commit and, and actually grow and like start to run an actual business. Um, and then we had focus and the business kept growing and even that got to be too much to do both. So pretty soon into our second year, we kind of realized like, we're going to have to, you know, yeah, leave focus. And like I said, like I thought maybe I would do another year, but it just came pretty clear that it was time to take the business full time. So it's all just kind of happened naturally and, and this is where we're at, but it feels like the Lord has led us here every step of the way. How many rosaries have you sold to date? That's a great question. Oh gosh. We're probably hitting close to 20,000. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And do you guys do international? We do now. Yeah. yeah. It took us a while to kind of figure that out. Um, so we do ship Not South to, America, yeah. Canada, and Europe. Australia. 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 But there's, it's just a headache to get to every single country. And so <laughs> one day we'll get there. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. It's great. Wonderful as is. 
One thing I wanted to ask you about, Mari, because you brought it up. When you talk about the work that goes into getting a business off the ground and running, give give the folks listening idea of what's all entailed there. I mean, is it the late nights? Is it just the constant obsession with it, if you will? What is that grind like? Yeah, um, all of the above that you just said. I think one of the hardest things about starting and running your own business is that you you become every employee of the business for a really long time. And you have to put on so many hats and learn so many new things. And like we mentioned, you know, before this podcast started, we were talking about us, you know, being in business school and stuff and how that maybe set a bit of a foundation for like very basic, you know, finance uh, equations and stuff like that, that we could use. But really all of it, you just learn hands on, you have to you know, be the supplier and be the uh, manufacturer and be the marketer and be the CEO and then eventually be the manager. And um, you just, you have to figure out how to be every role and that takes time and you have to be okay with not being good at it because you're not going to be for a long time. And so there's a lot of failure. And so I think one of the things I've, I've learned in business, we both have learned in, in running a business past couple of years is just like, how do you best solve problems and put out fires and keep the business afloat, right? To the best of your ability, how can you balance all that? Um, and that comes with really late nights of problem solving and doing the work because if, if you don't, nobody else will and researching and yeah. And then it leads to this obsession that you talk about, um, especially when you're in college and I mean, college students, we've all been there. We think that our lives are so busy, but then you get into the real world and you realize how much free time you actually had in college. And so all that free time we had honestly was a blessing because we were able to, yeah, just think about the business every minute outside of outside of class and, and really kind of start to figure out these basic kinks of like shipping and fulfilling orders and customer service. And then when we left college, um, yeah, dealing with bigger things of like manufacturing new products and uh, learning to manage a team and, and stuff like that. But the business is on our minds um, pretty much 24 seven. It's hard not to. But you guys, you sell more than rosaries, don't you? Give the folks an idea of what is all in your lineup. Right. So we are, we started as a rosary business. We have moved on to bigger and better things. We're now a Catholic lifestyle brand. Mara, you can tell them more about what we sell. Um, yeah, I think for, for a while, uh, my dream was to evolve the business to, to be more of a lifestyle and home brand. This idea that, um, beauty brings people to Christ. And if we surround our homes and the place that we just dwell in most often, uh, with beautiful faith infused things, um, yeah, it'll elevate our souls. And so we wanted to move into more of those kinds of products. And we have, uh, in the past six months, a lot more. So, I mean, we have, t-shirts this fall we came out with belt bags and crew necks we've got coffee mugs um necklaces we came out with some turkish towels that are really cute and more to come yeah There's a lot more in the pipeline. yeah a lot more to come tell us more about your dynamic as a husband and wife duo who are running a business what is the decision making process like how do you deal with arguments compromise all of those things yeah, my, my dad always told me running a business with your wife is the best marriage prep. And if you can run a business together, you can be together. Um, so, yeah, my dad and my mom, they my dad started the business, but my mom came on board shortly after and they both grew the business to where it is together, where it is today. And it is I can agree with that. If you can run a business together, you can get through marriage. Uh, it's been a great practice. Uh and so how we were blessed because God gave both Mari and I very different strengths. Yes. And so Mari is creative, branding, marketing. Uh, marketing, all that, all the creativity, all the design. And I'm more the uh, execution. I'm the, I, I like the high level strategy and the, biz, the business strategy and the execution. So I do all the uh, manufacturing, the managing the employees, the logistics, the fulfillment, finances. the finances, the accounting. All the nitty gritty that's mostly boring stuff is what I take care of. Um, and he's really good at it. Yeah, I, I like to think I am. Uh, but to your question about 
making decisions. Uh, Mari is our target market. And so we basically default to her decision and uh, most of the branding and product decisions because ultimately we're trying to fulfill a need in the customer that is Mari. And so she understands that a lot better than I do. And, and so a lot of those type of decisions default to her, uh, decisions that, uh, are more like financial or, um, like product, like manufacturing and fulfillment and doing like the back end stuff on the website and all that stuff that kind of more falls on me, mm-hmm. uh, just because that's where my strengths are. Yeah. And I think big decisions in the company, um, we just, we make together and mm-hmm. I think that. I don't know. We, we just work really well together and we're really blessed that it just happened to be that way. Like we have uh, compatible strengths, but we also just work naturally like really well together. And so most of the times we'll both be on the same page. Most of the times we're already agreeing. There really hasn't been anything that pops up in my mind that was like a big moment where we had a, a big dispute or really differing opinions on what we should do. We've always kind of been on the same wavelength. So that's made it really easy. And like Trey said, like with the business, um, yeah, just running a business in general, you have to learn to manage conflict and compromise and have difficult conversations in general, especially when you're talking about, you know, finances and deadlines and orders and um, upsetting customers and, you know, our image as a company, like all these like heavy things um, just teach you to be okay with having hard conversations. And I mean, I don't really even call them hard conversations anymore. They're just important conversations that need to be had. And we're both okay with just honestly explaining what each of our viewpoints are, seeing the other one out, you know, weighing out the pros and cons and and making a decision from there. I don't think it's really been a, um, a negative experience at all. No, not at all. It's been very positive. I think, like Mari said, we work very well together. So we haven't had too much friction. Yeah. Would you say, are there, um, I, I know your strengths are complementing one another, but do you guys have any weaknesses that, I don't want to say get in the way of things, but are a whole and that it's difficult to fill? I can think of some. The one that comes to mind is that we dream too big. And I was so... going to say that. I literally was going to say the same thing. <laughs> this is why you're married. <laughs> right. Right. And so... That, that comes at a cost if uh, we try to do something that uh, we put a lot of money and time and effort into and it didn't work out as well as we thought, then, yeah. you know, the business, it doesn't have unlimited cash. And so yeah. uh, we have to make that up somehow. Um, so there's been a couple products that haven't performed quite like we had hoped. And so, um, yeah, I think that, that that's been a failure on the business side, but... I think also, I mean, we've had products that we have um, dreamt up really close in a timeline, like a really short timeline that we're like, oh, like this would be great to launch in like, you know, two months or one month. And there's been times where we like, you know, full send and get it all together. And then it like, it wasn't enough time and, and we didn't really like how it turned out and we decided it didn't really work out. And so now we have these things sitting in our garage that we're like, well, we never really launched that. Like, what are we going to do with this? And so I think sometimes we get, we get excited. And like Trace, I'd be like, we dream big. And because it's really us two making the decisions. Um, yeah. We don't have to run it by a lot of people. So it's easy to just, like I said, like full send on things sometimes that we could maybe spend a little bit more time, like thinking and planning and, more responsibly being like, okay, like, is this going to be good for our stress, finances? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we've we always had this dream of being like six months planned out in advance at any given point. But then we get great ideas for stuff we want to do next month. And, and random we, things always come up. And sometimes they work. <laughs> and so we are always playing catch up, it feels like. Yeah. I want to talk about ideas. You guys mentioned it, the dreaming, the creativity, getting a new idea. What is that experience like? Because if you don't mind, I'd like to share a story because I I love getting a new idea. It's one of the favorite things of of mine. But I have a three-year-old goddaughter, okay? She's adorable. She's blonde. She has blue eyes. She could melt your heart in an instant. I was over there playing with her one day at her house, and she's running to the toy room, stops midway, looks at me, raises her hand and says, I have an idea. And I just thought, man, that's an amazing moment. This three-year-old can communicate that she has an idea. Tell us, what is it like when you get a new idea? (laughs) 
we brainstorm very differently. Yeah. And so usually I'm the one that's just shouting out things left and right and just getting shot down left and right. <laughs> nothing, nothing is sticking. Uh, and Mari's, she likes to think. I'm more and of she, a ponderer. And, yeah. She, she internalizes and just like thinks in her head. She thinks of all the bad ideas in the head, in her head and then comes out with her good idea. <laughs> I think of all the bad ideas out loud. Yeah. I think, um, some, when I look back into the different things that we've come out with, um, truly the most successful ones and the, some of the ones that I'm most proud of have all come from a moment of prayer and adoration. And that can sound cheesy, you know, in the Catholic world, like, oh, like it came in adoration, but it's just the truth. Like a lot of our products have been that way where I'm just in my holy hour and, and either I'm praying about West Coast Catholic or this idea just comes up that persists and starts to, to build. And I have a very like visual imagination and I just start to, you know, see the colors or the materials or, um, you know, the, a video to promote it with, or, or something that would really speak to the customer. Um, so I think that it makes a lot of sense that, yeah, I'm, I'm the one who ideates a little bit more internally. And so prayer really helps me because it's a quiet place where I'm focused on conversation with the Lord and, um, yeah, I can just, I can just sit there and allow him to inspire me and create together. And then, um, yeah, other products that we've done that haven't, they all haven't come from adoration. Some of them have come from these brainstorm sessions that we have when we kind of look around us and we're like, okay, like what are beautiful things in our home right now that aren't Catholic, you know, um, what do Catholics in the world today, uh, use that aren't Catholic that we can make Catholic or what are Catholic products that maybe our grandmas have been using since forever that don't necessarily match the modern aesthetic that the woman today would want to have in their home. And um, Trey will shoot out ideas left and right, which I appreciate because it helps jog my memory and my thoughts. But yeah, unfortunately, a lot of the times I'm like, no, no, no. Okay, let's do this. (laughs) But John, to your point, when one lands... It is the best feeling. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm usually jumping up and down dancing when I get the right idea. Yeah. Yeah. Just recently with, with the fall products we just came out with, which were a hit. I mean, they all sold out within a couple days or a day of. And um, I remember that one was in adoration. And I came home from adoration and I ran into the office and I was like, Trey, I got it. Sit down. This is what we're doing. And he was like, all right. Like, if you're really confident, like, we'll do it. And yeah, the Lord, the Lord knew. But that's what I mean, though. When you get that idea, I'm, I'm sure there's scientific study upon scientific study that studies what the body's physiological reaction is to these kind of things. But it's euphoric. I mean, golly, it's amazing. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, my favorite is when we come up with like a marketing tagline or something that communicates like the message of the product that we're releasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Trey's actually really good at that. Um, one of his roles in the company is the big idea man, because as you've heard, he has a lot of ideas. But That's a man after my own heart. <laughs> and sometimes it's frustrating, you know, because I'm like, I'm the creative here, but Trey will come up with this incredible one liner for the for the product or the launch that I'm like, that's it. Yeah, the belt bags is for the spiritually active woman. Yeah, it was perfect. Boom. <laughs> Brilliant. But Trey, I identify with you to a degree because there have been moments where I'm sitting around my family's dinner table and I'll say, I have an idea. And before I ever get another word out, they look at me with this grave look of concern thinking, what has he thought up? I mean, some of them land, some of them just fall away. But uh, I'm with you there, man. I'm with you. Next thing I want to bring up, because you guys, um, I can tell it's important to you, but how do you balance the demands, the the aspects of being practicing Catholics while also running a full-time business, because I'm sure there is a balance there. Yeah, it's hard. Um, I don't have an answer. I don't have it figured out. So what I do know is that when we're not praying, things aren't going as well. Uh, When we are praying, things are going a lot better. And not that prayer is a superstition to make your life better. It's a relationship with God, but, but it, it has to come first and and especially with the responsibility that we have with Mari's platform and a business there is a lot more responsibility that we undertake mm-hmm. uh, in the spiritual life and so we really try to make that a priority and we're not perfect but yeah uh, we try to encourage encourage each other a lot in that um, and then as far as a work-life balance that's I mean 
That's you can let me know if you have that figured out <laughs> because we're always working at any hour. Um, we try to put work down and eat dinner and not talk about it again the rest of the night, but that doesn't always happen. Um, so that, I mean, that's what we try to do, but yeah, anything else you want to add to that? Um, I think just to echo your first point of prayer, like you said, it's a relationship with God and this whole business. I mean, the reason why we even started making these rosaries in the first place was to draw people to him. And so I think that I try to constantly like check myself of like, okay, what are we doing in the business? What am I doing on my platform? Like, who is it glorifying? Like, is it for me or for the Lord? And to continually try and redirect all of my actions back to glorifying God, which those inclinations only really come when you are in a relationship with God. And when you are, um, yeah, just like in tune with the Holy Spirit and just able to direct your praise and your blessings and everything like towards the Lord. And so that keeps us grounded because running a business that is, um, you know, growing and, and becoming successful and running or an Instagram platform that is also like growing a lot. Um, yeah. comes with a lot of responsibility and weight, like Trey was saying. And we take that really seriously, knowing that we're not just speaking from a place of, um, I don't want to say authority, but just a place of influence, um, not just about general life, but about your faith. And we are as a business and myself on Instagram, kind of like representing the Catholic church in a way we want to make sure that everything we're doing is actually coming from a place of prayer and desire to glorify God. I applaud you. Thank you for that. So you guys are relatively young. What advice would you give to the aspiring entrepreneur who has an idea, doesn't know what to do with it, but can see such a grand future ahead? Start small. You got to start. You don't have, I think, some. you can have an idea and you can plan all you want and you can keep planning and you can make it, try to make it as perfect as you want. But the second you go live with that idea you don't know what's going to happen and chances are it's not even going to be what you planned. And so I'm a more of a wing it personality than Mari, but uh, we need both. You need a plan, but you also, you have to start somewhere. And I think that's the biggest advice I could give is start small, start somewhere and you'll figure it out as you go and always be willing to learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think my piece of advice, um, which probably won't come as a surprise, but is like learn Instagram and really leverage it. I, think that a lot of the times when we follow people that have large followings or we see people that have their own, you know, their own businesses and they're also on Instagram, they kind of turn into like celebrities in our head sometimes like, oh, like this amazing person, like, well, that's because like, this is who they are, you know, but um, my, my platform has grown a lot in the past couple months. And, you know, I'm at around 50,000 followers now. And I feel like a really average normal person. You know, I don't really feel like a super special, like out of this world person. Like obviously the Lord, I acknowledge like the beautiful gifts and talents that he has given me that is unique to me, but I know that many people could, could do this as well. And it's not necessarily like a untouchable superpower. And it's actually crazy. The power of social media and Instagram, um, how, you can reach so many people and how you can leverage that to grow your business. And it is a skill and it is a lot of work. Um, I think that's one thing that is misunderstood about uh, having an Instagram platform is that a lot of people think it's just posting some pictures and sharing some sweet thoughts here and there, but there is a lot of strategy to it. There is a lot of time and preparation and uh, creating content is is harder than it seems. Um, but if you grow in that skill, it can really, really, um, yeah, leverage and grow your business. I have to ask with a Catholic Instagram and all, who are your guys's favorite Catholic, uh, Catholic personalities, Catholic influencers, Catholic speakers? I really love Emily Wilson. I grew up listening to her uh, when I was probably high school and college. So I knew about her and Father Mike Schmitz. I guess those were the two that I knew of. Um, and so she still remains uh, one of my favorite to follow because, yeah, she's just really authentic. And, uh, you know, she's also, well, I'm not a mom, but she's a mom and I want to be a mom one day. And so I just see the way that she uses, uh, 
the voice that God's given her to evangelize and has a platform to do that, right? And has sort of built a business around it. She has some online courses and some books that she's written at the same time as being a mom and and raising a family. So I think she's a source of inspiration for me. I'm not too involved in the Catholic Instagram world, but I do love Chris Stefanik. And I've recently been turned on to Matt Frad. I've been listening to a lot of him. Matt Brad is a man after my own heart. I love everything he puts out. I usually listen to it when I go to bed. So I have that sweet Australian voice soothing me to go to sleep. Giving you good dreams, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, I mean, he's he's great. And I really admire what he's done because he, he has a similar kind of path, if you will, as you guys. I mean, he just started talking to people. He started talking to people. Then it becomes Pints with Aquinas because it used to be the Matt Frad show. But it's Pints with Aquinas, and now he has a newspaper, and now he has all these different things that he's doing with, you know, the um, the porn myth, his book out, and all those things. And I just admire him a ton for that. So, yeah, hopefully I can meet him next week. That'd be cool. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Let me tell you. So, and let, let's talk about see because you guys are really entering a very busy time of year. You've got the holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas, of course. But for those out there who aren't aware. A Fellowship of Catholic University Students, FOCUS, has a very large annual conference. They usually have it every year, but with COVID, that's been interrupted. So SEEK, the name of the conference, will be the first one they've had in three years. So what are you guys doing to prepare for this this, this sprint of three months and being prepared for all that? Yeah, that is, that's been causing a lot of stress because um, holidays are insane for any retail or e-commerce business. That is Mm-hmm. insane uh but then to follow up holidays with the biggest catholic conference, catholic conference <laughs> and that's like the biggest exposure we'll have to our target market mm-hmm. phys- at a physical spot where they can actually buy a product like i just and never doing it we've never been a vendor at, at any Seek, conference at, right any conference and so we just have no idea what to expect, really. Mm-hmm. And so with that comes like, okay, well, how much inventory are we supposed to buy? Like, <laughs> we have to buy, like, with our inventory, we have to start start that now. Way before pre- now. <laughs> yeah, way before now to, to prepare for holidays and seek. And with the our with our business growing so fast, it's hard enough to predict our own demand, yeah. especially around holiday season. And then to try to predict what to prepare for seek, we're guessing. And hopefully we'll guess right. And yeah. Uh, it's, it's just been crazy. It's exciting too, though. Um, you know, we are an online company and so we don't really have a lot of physical touch points with our uh, customers and the people that follow me on Instagram. So I think I'm excited to kind of have that FaceTime interaction with people as we're walking around Seek and running the booth and getting to meet the people that really love and support our brand um, and yeah, getting to talk to them and ask them a few things about future things coming and just getting their input in real time, I think is going to be really valuable. Do you guys do that a lot? Like send out a survey to your customers to see what they're interested in, what lines they would like to see, what products? We actually haven't done much of it in the past. Um, occasionally, I've put a couple polls up on my Instagram story just to get some you know, general input from the crowd. But we haven't really done a lot of specific surveys with um, individual customers, although that is something that we think would be valuable to do in the future. So looking past Seek, what are you guys most excited about? What is what is out there that you're really looking forward to? I think it's hard to answer this question a little bit just because every product we come out with is completely new to us and is really exciting. So I think the next the next product that I'm really looking forward to is the Lent Bundle. We came out with the Lent Bundle for the first time last year, and I wrote this devotional, and we paired it with a journal and our Lent rosary, and we're preparing for the next one coming out and how it can be slightly different and kind of like what will people need during this upcoming Lent, which again comes with a lot of prayer of just like what is the Lord going to want to do in our hearts this Lent and like yeah, what is the biggest need that we're going to have? Um, so I think that's a really exciting thing coming up because I love when we create something that, I mean, everything we create is has very intentional design to it, but especially something like the Lent Bundle and this devotional, it's going to very intentionally impact people's prayer lives and their relationship with the Lord. And while that comes with a lot of weight, 
it's just exciting to me to kind of co-create with the Lord and know that we're able to make an impact with the Holy Spirit in people's spiritual lives and growing their relationship with Christ. Cause in the end, like that's what matters. And that's what we're doing is inspiring people to know and love the Lord and desire to be saints. Um, so that's probably what I'm most excited about, but there's a bunch of new things coming. So we're excited about all of it. And if you don't want to wait till Lent, there's some stuff coming out for Christmas. I love it. And everyone who's listening should go check it out. Westcoastcatholic.co. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Wonderful. Well, Everyone listening, like I said, check it out. You two, I would love to talk to you for the rest of the day, and I think we could, but I'm afraid we're running short of time. Why don't you give everyone listening an idea of where they can find out more about West Coast Catholic, you two, all of it? Yeah, so our website is westcoastcatholic.co. Like you said, we just had a whole website rebrand in August, so it's really beautiful, and everybody should definitely go check it out. And then you can find us on Instagram. My personal blog is at West Coast Catholic. And we just recently also started a shop-specific Instagram, which is at shop.wcc. And that one will have a lot of more like product and business-focused content. Wonderful. Well, let me emphasize here at the end how much I applaud what the both of you are doing, not only as Catholics, but as Catholic entrepreneurs. I'm cheering hard for you. So thank you so much for coming on today. You guys are great. And I will see you at SEEK. I can't wait for that. Great. Thanks, John. Thanks for having us. See you there. Bye. You bet. Take care, guys. Whether you allowed us to keep you company on your ride home from the office, during your workout, or as you were getting ready for the day, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this conversation. Be sure to subscribe and follow CEO Sit Downs on whatever podcast platform you use, and I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review, as it helps others find the podcast in the future. And if today's episode called to mind a friend or family member who you think would enjoy today's conversation, go ahead and share this episode with them. I would certainly appreciate it, and hopefully they will too. Thanks again for listening, and may you have a pleasant day wherever you may be.